Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Come on. Good morning, everybody. Hey, before we take our seats, can we just thank the worship team this morning? And uh, it is now 2022, so as you take your seats, just high-five 22 people. So good. Well, it's so great to have you at church this morning. And uh, my wife, Bianca, and I, and our little son, Micah, we've just had some leave as well. And as most pastors do, I took the opportunity of leave to get stuck into some books and some books that have really equipped me, empowered me uh, for the season ahead. So I've got some to recommend to you that I've read on my leave. Uh, Book number one is, in fact, Harry McClary from Donaldson's Dairy. Um, Something else that's really spoke to my time management and increasing my capacity, Diary of a Wombat, um, which is actually the working title of my autobiography, um, but also really got stuck into this book on leave, Where's Spot, the uh, lift and flap edition, highly recommend those. Um, Thanks, Pen. So um, I had planned on getting into some uh, theology books, but just didn't quite get there this year, so... I'll be uh, working on that. Well, hey, it is January, and so um, around January time every year at Global Heart, we have our youth summer camp, and so I would love to just encourage everybody uh, who has a teenager, or perhaps you are a teenager here, I really want to encourage you to come be a part of this camp. It is this week. We are going to be at Earn Halliday uh, campsite in Whitford, so it's nice and close, but we're really excited about this camp. Every year, um, our youth camps are powerful. We're always seeing young people really impacted by God. Um, but also practically making great friendships, uh, creating great memories. And uh, we're always hearing testimonies from parents of how kids have changed. And and I know that last year's camp, uh, there were definitely young people who just were not the same afterwards, and in a really good way, not in a bad way. Um, But they were never the same. And and I always get reports too of kids coming home, emptying the dishwasher, making their bed, um, doing their assignments. You know, last year a kid came to camp, and when he came back, he said to his dad, he said, Dad, the mortgage this month, I've got it. And so kids are just being changed. So um, I want to encourage you, if you've got a teenager, um, don't miss camp. It's going to be powerful. And uh, I do want to encourage everyone as well. Maybe you're not a parent, but maybe you know some teenagers, a family member, uh, maybe a neighbor, someone that you know. Um, I want to encourage you in faith today after this service. You can go and register um, yourself or someone you know. Why don't you put someone's name down as well and and just believe that they can come this week and really be impacted. And um, uh, do not miss this opportunity. Hey, it's going to be really powerful. So summer camp this week. Also, do be praying for camp as well. Um, We are believing for it to be our best camp yet, our safest camp yet. And uh, that's just going to be a a really powerful week for all of our teenagers. Amen. Well, I thought about uh, in this time of uh, obviously vaccines, mandates, international holidays to Calberry, I thought what is... What is the best thing to preach about at church? And I really felt um, that the best thing to speak about would be uh, Scripture, to preach this morning all about the Word of God, um, all about the Bible, because at the end of the day, church, it is the Word of God that will change your life. Uh, it is God's Word. It is God-breathed. It is holy. 
It is supernatural. It has the ability to transform you from the inside out. And so this morning, I've got five points, two stories, and 18 passages of Scripture, all about the Word of God. So let me just pray as we get stuck into some Scripture together. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be together today as God's people in your house. And we just pray that, Father, you would speak to our hearts and speak to our minds and help us, God, to experience more of what you have for us and help us to be, God, more of who you've called us to be. I just pray for everyone to be greatly encouraged, greatly stirred, and leave, Father, really knowing uh, how much you love them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, if you've got your Bibles, um, we're going to go to 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. It's going to come up on the screen as well. It says this, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Psalms 19 verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. Feel free to say amen at any point. They are more precious than gold. Than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from gingin. Psalms 119 says this It says, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I would encourage you not to say the next verse to your teacher. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey from gingin. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. And very famous scripture here, so, so beautiful. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Church, in this season where so much is going on and many people are feeling chaotic on the outside and chaotic in the inside, we must not forget the power of Scripture, the gift that Scripture is to us, to bring peace and joy into our heart and soul, to bring rest to our mind, to speak to our circumstance, to give us hope for the future, to give us perspective amidst confusion. We can't forget, church, the importance of being in the Word of God. It is not a normal book, and, and although it is a collection of stories and ideas and history and poems, it is far more than that. It is a supernatural, holy, God-breathed book. Th through the Bible, throughout time, God can speak to the rich, the poor, the old, the young, the barrister and the barista. The pastor and the, and the prostitute can all be encouraged, challenged and inspired. We can all draw closer to God and, and, and gain further understanding on who God is by being in the Bible. We can learn who God is. We can better know who Jesus is and we can better know the, better know the Holy Spirit through being in the Word of God. If, if your desire 
is to know God more. You, you can stare at the sunset all day long, climb the highest mountain, go on a Kentucky tour, move into a cave for 40 days and fast, but God is there to be found within the pages of the Bible. If you want to draw closer to Christ, look no further. What's powerful about the Bible is that it contains humanity's story. Whether you know it or not, it contains your story. It's an in-depth look at us, at our imperfection, and a really good look at God's perfection. Scripture's the same story told many different ways of man's need for a Savior, and that that Savior is Jesus Christ. It's the same story told many ways of everyone's need for God and of God's love for everyone. It's the story of a loving God, broken people, and what that, God, that loving God has done to bring us together. You know, in Australia, in 2022, we are incredibly blessed because we have unlimited access to the Word of God. You can have it on your phone. You can listen to it. You can have it with pictures. There's many different versions we can have. You can have it on your bedside table. You might even have it in the bathroom. You can have the Bible read to you by a tomato and a cucumber. You can have it exegeted to you by a pumpkin and a squash. We are very blessed. That was a shout out to the VeggieTales, by the way. If you don't know what the VeggieTales are, just ignore that last bit. You know, we're so blessed because, church, there are people around the world that would give anything just to get a chapter of the Bible. There are people who would give absolutely anything just to get the Scripture in their language. And so my hope today is that this message inspires you, encourages you, maybe fills you with a fresh passion this year for the Word of God. I hope it stirs up some faith within you to go and be radically changed as you by faith try and apply what the Word of God says. What, what revelation awaits you and your family this year as you get into the Word of God? What sense of closeness with God awaits you as you get into the Bible? What wisdom and knowledge for you and your family awaits you on the other side of getting into the Bible? You know, everybody, young, old, rich, poor, barista, barrister, God wants to speak to you today through the Bible to be encouraged in your faith, to better navigate the challenges of life, to better fight temptation, to have our behavior be more Christ-like, to have our priorities corrected, to have peace brought to your soul, to have joy in your heart. Church, it's the Word of God that will change your life. And, and I think believers and non-believers know this because the Bible is the most stolen book in the world. It is 66 different books, which in English have been broken down into chapters and verses. It was originally written in Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic, and it's obviously split into the Old and New Testament. And I love what people say, the Old Testament is Jesus Christ concealed, and the New Testament is Jesus Christ revealed. The Bible is written by approximately 40 different people, but absolutely inspired by the Spirit of God. It's written over a 1,600-year period. And here's a fun fact. The Bible app on the App Store has been downloaded 500 million times. I think that's worth giving God some praise for. So good. And you know, there are many people in my life who have an inspiring relationship with the Word of God, where when you talk to them or you're in their life, you, you also have an a instilled passion for the Word. One of those people is my mum. My mum spends each morning in her Bible. 
And growing up as a kid, all the time I'd wake up and see her reading the Bible. And my mum has a scripture for everything. So you could have the most um, interesting life situation happening and she has a scripture for it. You say, man, I lost my dog at the park and then I spilt my, I've got a scripture for that. She's got something for everything. Something to bring faith and perspective in God because she is in the Word and she can then gift people and bless people with the Word that she knows. Someone else is my pop, so my dad's stepfather. He had a room at the front of his house, which is where he spent each morning reading the Bible. When we would visit them on holidays, he would always start his day in that room. In the morning, we didn't have to ask where pop was because he was consistently in that room reading his Bible. And and I think that time bore great fruit in his life. Another person's Pastor Izzy, at the drop of a hat, he can hit you with 23 scriptures in a sermon. If we got him up here right now, he'd probably preach better than I am right now. He's someone that has an on-fire relationship with scripture, and, and it shows in all that he does with his life. What a blessing Pastor Izzy is. I remember on Bible College camp, 2010, it was three in the morning, I'm fast asleep, the door bursts open, in comes Pastor Izzy, really bright-eyed and pumped. I was like, what's going on? He's like, I've been in the kitchen reading the Word. I was like, whoa. He was pumped. He was jacked. I went back to sleep. Anyway, <laughs> I've, not, I've not always personally had a very inspiring relationship with the Word. Growing up, I often had my Bible on my bedside table, and it was dusty enough to play noughts and crosses in the top. It wasn't getting opened very often. And uh, I remember having the superhero Bible purchased for me by my parents. Anyone have the superhero Bible? couple, okay, not flying off the shelves then, but the, um, that had in it all the characters of the Bible and it listed off their superpower and some of the characters had their super, it would say their superpower is patience and I'd be like, oh, it's not very good superpower and I was sort of into the superhero Bible and I remember over time getting a, a more grown up Bible, got a, a leather one, an NIV, and I had it in my room. And, and obviously having parents who are pastors, I often felt sometimes some sort of pressure to be in the Word. So if I knew they were going to come into my room for something, I would run in and quickly open it to a random page. And as they come in, just, oh yeah, I was just, just reading, just <laughs> going through. And, uh, you know, it might be like, oh, very interesting, George, in Revelation, what are you getting out of it? Just, Jesus, amazing. <laughs> I just, where do I begin? Just so much, so much. Um, But I remember getting older and and starting to develop a a habit of being in the Word, but I didn't know what to do with it. And I remember reading scriptures on my bed that said, if your right eye causes you to sin, cut it out. And I remember sitting there going, they're both going to have to go. They're both going to come out. And thankfully, I had great leaders in church, great people come alongside me and help me in the area of reading the Word of God, staying faithful, getting great things out of it. And so I've got five points today that start with H, which I hope will help you as you endeavor to have a great relationship with the Word of God. All right, number one is this. Number one is habit. Habit. Can I encourage you in 2022, develop a great habit of being in the Word of God. Like anything that you have in your life consistently, initially it's going to take some discipline. And before you know it, it becomes something that's almost automatic. And and as believers, what a great goal to have of having a habit of being in the Word of God. Without thinking, it's how you start your day. Or without thinking, it's how you end your day. Or without thinking, it's what you do when you're on the train or on your lunch break. You have a habit of getting into the Word of God. Put it into your routine. Schedule it in. 
have some accountability to help you develop this great habit. A, a hot tip is to have a time and a place where you meet with God and get into the Word of God, somewhere regular where you can go and spend time in the Word of God. The reason it's important to have it as a habit is um, I recently read a study. I've actually left the paper down there, Pastor Lee. Do you mind chucking it up here? Thanks, Divi. I recently um, heard about a study that uh, Messenger International did where they surveyed 80,000 people in, in America about their habit of reading the Bible and how it affected their life. And they discovered something which they weren't even looking for, but it ended up becoming the focal or the main focus of their study. So what they did was is they asked 80,000 people about how often they read their Bible, how it affected their life. If people read the Bible once a week, it had minimal to no effect on their life. That's what the report said. People that read twice a week, again, it was negligible impact on their life. Three times a week it started to have a bit of an effect. So over all the 80,000 people, the data started to have a little bit of a heartbeat. How's this? People that read the Bible four times a week, it went like off the scale. Here's what that means. So once a week might be that you come to church and you hear the word, uh, you're hearing scripture from the person on stage. Twice is at home, three at home, etc., etc. Once it gets to four, here's what happened. Uh, This is 80,000 people. Feeling lonely dropped by 30%. This is in the Bible four times a week. Not three times, four times. Anger issues dropped by 32%. Bitterness in relationships dropped by 40%. Alcoholism dropped by 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant dropped by 60%. Viewing pornography dropped 61%. Sharing your faith jumped 200%. And discipling others jumped by 230%. Isn't that incredible? If we just leave that up for a second, if you want to take a photo of that, take a photo of that because that is great vision or or further reason that we should really be getting into the Word. It will have a big impact on your life, not if it's a one-off, but if it's a habit. If it's something that you're saying, hey, in my life, getting into the Word regularly is important to me. I want to know who God is. I want to grow as a person. And there's the, the proof in the pudding or the proof in the statistics, as they say, of why getting into the Word regularly will impact your life. Um, There's a book that I really love, and it shares a story about a man whose whole life changed because of a chair. And stay with me. It wasn't wasn't the chair that that was amazing. It was what he was doing in that chair. So the story is that this man... He was um, in his mid-40s and his marriage was breaking down. His relationship with his kids was not going good. He, he was unmotivated to go to church um, and uh, he was struggling with anger and different things like that. And his pastor encouraged him, go to the furniture store. You guys are okay. Buy a chair. Start your day in that chair reading the Bible. Ten minutes. And so the guy didn't know what else to try. So he, for six months, started every day in that chair for 10 minutes reading the Bible. And the story goes on that after six months, this man's marriage was going so well. His relationship with his kids were flourishing. He was back in church serving. He felt a closeness to God. And it wasn't radical. He didn't have to climb some mountain, do a sabbatical, do the whole shebang. He didn't have to go on this spiritual journey. He spent 10 minutes in the Word of God as a habit, and it transformed his mind and his behavior and ultimately changed his circumstance. I want to encourage you, have a time and a place. Maybe this afternoon you need to go to Ikea, have six meatballs, then get a chair. (laughs) Take the chair home, put the chair together. And maybe you've got to tell your spouse, tell your family, hey, I am starting or ending my day in that chair reading the Word of God. Um, 
uh, Pastor Andrew Williams, actually, who's our Youth Alive director here in WA, he did this and he, he showed me his chair. He was like, Jordan, look at this chair. It was this regal leather chair that his, his kids aren't allowed to touch. It's his, it's his daddy and God time chair. But I was like, man, that is a serious chair. It looked awesome. But I want to encourage you, maybe you've got to get a chair. Maybe it's your car. Maybe you've got to get a lamp. I don't know. Get something that's going to help you make the Word of God a habit in your life. Okay, number two. Number one is habit. Number two is Holy Spirit. We've got to invite the Holy Spirit into our reading time. As we're reading the Word of God, inviting the Holy Spirit into that space. I love this saying, don't say God is silent if your Bible is closed. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through the Word of God. One of the primary functions of the Holy Spirit is actually to illuminate Scripture to us. What that means is is to make it understandable. When I read the Word, the Holy Spirit is making it understandable, speaking to me. Parts of Scripture being highlighted to my heart, um, making it things that were once unclear. Now, through the Holy Spirit, I'm understanding what it says. We need the Holy Spirit when we're reading the Bible. Reading the Bible absolutely is reading time, but by the Holy Spirit, it's also listening time. What is God saying to your heart? What is God speaking to your mind? With that verse, where where is God leading you with that? Um, Having the Holy Spirit in your Bible reading time is going to help you not get out of it what you want. Sometimes I read scripture and I'm like, that is is so good because that's just what I needed to hear. Then I find out it means something different and I'm like, well, no, that verse to me means this. But the Holy Spirit, if He's active in your life, it's going to help you get out of scripture what God wants you to get. So a great thing to do, guys, is before you read the Bible, just take 10 seconds to pray. Holy Spirit, I invite you into this time. Lead me, guide me, speak to me, help me to hear from you. It's a supernatural time where things can be made clear, where you can get revelation from the Word of God, the mysteries in Scripture being made known to you by the work of the Holy Spirit. So I'd encourage you, don't read the Bible in your flesh. Invite the Holy Spirit to come into that time and into that space. Number three, we've got habit, Holy Spirit. Number three, humility. Approach reading the Word of God with some humility. I would encourage all believers, and even if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I would encourage you to do all things in your life with as much humility as you possibly can. But certainly when we read the Bible, have humility. Read it to be challenged. Read it to be corrected. Read to learn, not to post. Read to learn, not to preach. Read to learn, then by faith, try and apply what you've learned and then share it with others. One of my favorite Bible translations is the translation for Jeff. So it's not for me, it's for Jeff. So I read the scripture and I go, that is so good for Jeff. Jeff should really read this. Oh, quick to forgive, Jeff. Generous, Jeff. Yes, be yes, yeah, Jeff needs that. I need to send this to Jeff. That's my favorite Bible translation because everything it says is about somebody else. But you know, it's the worst way to read the Bible. We need to read the Bible with humility and say, what is this saying to me first? Not what is this saying to my Facebook community, which in reality is not real. Not what is this saying to my spouse. What is this saying to me? Holy Spirit, what would you have me do with this information? Holy Spirit, what would you have me do with this scripture? The Bible encourages us to not point out the speck in our brother's eye when we have a log in ours. And I find half the time I'm doing that. I'm saying, hey, this would be a really good verse for you. And I've got logs just everywhere, just a log cabin on my head. What's interesting though is Paul, the Apostle Paul in Corinthians, does encourage us to judge one another in the church, to spur one another on in godly living, calling one another to a higher standard of godly living. So which one is it? 
do I call it out or not call it out? Here's what the Bible teaches. It's that we would, we would read the Word. We would, by faith, try to apply what it says. Then as we're bearing some fruit in that area, we come alongside one another. And we say, hey, you can do better in that area. And we're coming with some fruit in our own life, which by the Holy Spirit and by humility, we have applied and done well in. You know, there's seasons of my life where I've just loved the study elements of Scripture. Because as long as I'm learning about the city of Corinth, I'm not thinking about what Corinthians means to me. How the implications of that book should affect my life. I'm going, that's so interesting about the city. And what does that mean for you, George? Oh, it's it's irrelevant. The city was a hustling, bustling place. But sometimes we love the study because it delays us applying things to ourselves. Humility will help us go, hey, this is for me. I love that this was for the Corinthians, but by the Holy Spirit, it's for me today. And I need to make some changes as well. Sometimes we can, we can love the context, but not the correction. We can love the history, but not the how-tos. Can I encourage you, have some humility, and it will help you find the correction amongst the context and see some good godly fruit in your life. So develop a habit, invite the Holy Spirit, have some humility. And the fourth H is application. We need to read the Bible to apply it, not just know it. The, the Bible speaks to this. Matthew chapter 7 has the story of the man who built his rock, uh, his, his rock, his house on the rock, and the man who built his house on the sand. Let, let's check it out. This is Jesus speaking. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Verse 26, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them. So these are people that still heard it. They still heard the words of Jesus, but they did not do them. Here's what it says, We'll be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Here's what's interesting about that story, is that both people built something. They both built a house. Knowing the Word of God will still help you build something. The problem is, is that when the storms of life come, you can't withstand something. It's the application of the Word of God that gives you a firm foundation through the storms of life. Can I encourage you in 2022, don't just be a hearer of the Word, but be a doer of the Word. The Bible says if we're just hearers and not doers, we deceive ourselves. And there's been times in my life where I've been deceived because I'm wondering why the heck stuff's going on, why am I struggling so much? And it's, be- it's not because I don't know a lot about God, I'm just not doing anything in action with that information. Can I encourage you this year, be an, a, a Christian who is applying the Word of God. We, we can't apply what we don't know. So we've got to be in the Word of God to know what it is that we need to apply. H- how do we apply Scripture? Well, certainly, certainly it requires humility. If we don't have humility, we never think that Scripture, that we never, we, we never think that we need to do something that the Scripture says. Well, oh, I'm already doing pretty good in that area. That's great for Jeff. But humility will be, hey, I need to do something with this Scripture. The Holy Spirit's highlighted this to me, and I need to do something about it. We need humility. If we don't have humility, we never think that we need to change. We need action. Faith without works is dead. As we're reading the Word of God, in faith we go and try and do what it says. It requires faith. And here's what else it requires. It requires discipleship. 
applying what the Word of God says requires discipleship. If I didn't have discipleship, I'd be up here today with both my eyes cut out. (laughs) Discipleship helps us understand the Word, apply the Word, and do it in a way that is healthy and is is actually what God intended. Um, We need accountability. So this is, again, like discipleship has accountability within it. Someone to come alongside us and hold us to account with what we should be doing. Like I said before, that Corinthian scripture, holding us to a higher godly standard of living. In order to apply the Word of God, we've got to sit under teaching. We've got to be open to challenge. We've got to say things like, help me do X, Y, Z. If this week you sat down for coffee with someone and said, hey, this year I'm endeavoring to apply these scriptures, would you help me? You're already off to the races with having a really fruitful year. You need to have someone that you can ask questions to. Again, hey, do I need to cut my eyes out? Is that what this scripture is saying? You need to have someone you can ask questions to. Do I need to cut my arms off? Can I never eat lobster again? No. You need to have someone that you can ask questions to. Now, nearly all of those things include somebody else. In 2022, don't be an independent Christian who reads alone, prays alone, endeavors alone. It's not the, the what lone wolf thing, live alone, die alone. It's like that whole thing. Don't be one of those weird Christians that's like, God's given me a word. I'm going to live in the basement and in six months I'll come out time and I'll, I'll tell the pastors what they need to do. You know, they come out, it's like, <laughs> and it's, whoa, like, we need each other. The Bible's all about community. We need one another. We need one another. We need to have humility. And when you're humble, you'll be asking questions. You'll be asking for help. You'll be under discipleship. Um, if the band would like to join me, my fifth H is hunger. Hunger. In 2022, church, develop a hunger for the Word of God. Develop an appetite for the Bible. You know, in life, many of us develop hungers for things. We develop appetites for things. It doesn't always start off that we liked something. For for example, prior to coming to Bible college, I never really drank coffee ever. And then while I was in Bible college, someone um, introduced me, and I think it was there was a touch of God on it. They introduced me to Dare iced coffee. Any Dare fans in the house? Just me. Okay, that's all right. Wade. Okay, Wade's feeling it. Now, Dare Ice Coffee isn't exactly drinking coffee. It's like 2% coffee, 3% milk, 104% sugar. I'm a pastor, not a mathematician. And so I started drinking Dare Ice Coffee. Man, it was good. And then one day you're at the servo and someone says, you should try the double espresso Dare Ice Coffee. So now instead of 2% coffee, it's 3, 3% coffee. Again, I'm not a mathematician. And then it's 3% coffee, 2% milk, 107% sugar. And... I remember drinking that and then for the first time trying at a cafe an iced latte with no sugar. And I thought it tasted like dirt. Anyone? (laughs) Yep. Thought it tasted like dirt. And so wasn't drinking a lot of coffee and then I became a children's pastor here at the church. And so as you can imagine, hundreds of kids, lots happening. I drank a lot more coffee. So overnight, went from not liking the iced latte to just sending double ristrettos, double espressos, send it all. I was doing children's ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit and coffee. And so, as you can imagine, what, what before I could live without, I now couldn't do a day without. Now, you might call it an addiction. I just like coffee. Um, I wouldn't say that. wouldn't say that. We're all on a journey. It's under the blood. Um. But 
what started to happen was there would be times in the day where I'm like, man, I need, I need coffee. I need a coffee. Let's pray. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and you know, you know what's interesting is, is prior to getting into coffee, I went and did a coffee tasting at Yahava in the Swan Valley. And uh, if you haven't gone and do, done that, I, I would recommend it. It's really, it's really cool to do. But what they do is, is they, they make five different coffees using five different beans and they do a tasting. And so I went there not really being a coffee drinker, and the guy's very enthusiastic and would be, uh, this blend is from Ethiopia, it's single origin, and you should get a couple of little, note, little notes in the back of your throat. Uh, would sir like to try it? And I would, sir would. And I would take a drink, and I'd just be, and he'd say, uh, are you picking up those, those notes of hazelnut? And I'm like, nah. And then he'd go, that's okay, let's try the second one. And you try the second one. Uh, what's uh, tasting? It's like, I'm getting a, a really strong taste of coffee. <laughs> and so I, I, at the time, did not have a taste for the finer things of coffee. I didn't get it. I just didn't understand it. And so over a period of time, I went from, not, I can go without coffee, to I can't go a day without it to I can't tell the difference, to now I'm really enjoying the finer things. You know, as you mature as a Christian, that's what should happen with your Bible reading. You go, well, you go from, I can do without reading, to I can't go a day without it. You're sitting at your desk at work going, I need to read the Bible. I need to get home and get in Scripture. You go from reading the Bible and not understanding it. Someone shares, hey, how good's this Scripture? You're like, great. It's like the, how good's this coffee? You're like, it's all the same, mate. But what happens is as you mature in God, as you develop a hunger, develop an appetite, you develop a taste for the finer things in the Word of God. Things start to jump off the page. Someone shares something with you and it's like, man, that excites me. I want to get home and study that. And I want to encourage you, may that be the, the picture of you this year, that you would go from being able to, I can do without the Word, to I can't go without it to that doesn't make sense to me, to wow, that is jumping off the page. But what it takes is it takes some diligence, takes habit, humility, the Holy Spirit, application. But this year, if you don't do anything else except develop a hunger for the Word of God, I would encourage you to do that. Develop a hunger for the Word of God. You know, what, what, what happens now, you know, like I go to Yahava and the guy brews up the coffees and he doesn't have to say anything. I'm like... Papua New Guinea? He's like, yes. I'm like, <clears throat> he's like, is that is that oak at the back? There? Quite right, sir. So like, I'm like, is that Papua New Guinea honey extract? Yes, it is. I've got a taste for the finer things in coffee, and by the grace of God, I, I'm working and developing on a taste for the Word of God. Can I encourage you this year, church? Don't don't rely on others' hunger. There, there will be hungry people in our church who can just give you their revelations all year long, but I would encourage you to, to go and seek out your own. Um, you know, don't just, don't just work off other people's hunger. Develop a hunger for yourself. It, it is hard to develop a hunger if you're filling up on other stuff, if you're snacking on other little bits. So I would encourage you, don't fill up on the wrong stuff. Fill up on the Word of God. Seek it out for yourself. And, and what, what is the best part of all of this church is that the, having the Bible, Having the Word of God, it is, it is an expression of God's love to you, that we have it, that He would give it to us, that we would have such, such a, a, a full book of stories of God describing Him, His love for us, where we fit in it. It is an expression of God's love to you. You have the Bible because God loves you, and I want to encourage you, get into it this year because God loves you. Hey, why don't we stand together? We're going to worship for a moment, then I'd love to pray with some people. So let's sing. 
Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.